podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the bluest room in town. Yeah, they're actually funny and the guests are sound. Through the ups and the downs. Yeah, they'll be there waiting for the next time round. Find out what it means. Everton will break your heart, but they're still your team. It's far from doom and gloom. So tune in now and get involved with the blue. Happy New Year. It is the Blue Room. It is Blue Monday on this first day of 2024. I am Matt Jones. Joining me is Dave Downey. Dave, how are you today? Did you get up too much last night or were you tucked up in bed? Earlier? No, um, I, I think people are a little, little bit stereotyped, to be honest with you. I don't really don't really like New Year in, in, in so much of ways because it's just it's just time ticking on, isn't it, really? So I'm not, I'm not too bothered about New Year. I think... Um, I don't understand about resolutions and all that sort of thing. I can't. I certainly don't keep any that I, I want to make, to be honest with you. I don't know about you, Matt, um, but it was hard work getting to sleep around by man because everyone just goes crazy about it with fireworks. I think it's any excuse for people to have a party, really, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's not not really my cup of tea, really. And um, but that, that, having said that, the transfer window's open now, isn't it? So. Uh, huh. I don't. Know, I don't think that's too good for us, is it? Really, I don't think we're going to go, go do any any work on the, the transfer window. But um, yeah, I mean, twenty twenty four is going to get a lot better than twenty twenty three, and it's not going to be that difficult to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, I um, I don't, yeah, I, I think New Year's one. I'm not like free. Just like I, I don't <clears> mind going out, but uh, and like you said, I think fireworks are just crap. Like what? What's yeah. the, I just don't get it. Big loud noises, big lights in the sky. You know. Grow, you know. I'm sure anyone listening to this today, um, hope a nice happy start <laughs> to the new year. Is going to be um, too pleased with us, but uh, but no, uh, I, I had a lovely night with a cheese board and a, a few you, glasses of wine. So I tell you what, mate, you you, you love a good cheese board, don't you? You absolutely love board. cheese boards. But um, but yeah, so happy new year to all of our listeners. Anyway, yeah, um, thanks for sticking with us through 2023 when when uh, times got tough. Uh, certainly towards April, May, Jesus Christ, yeah. and um, yeah, um, loads more to come in the year. Like, like I always say now as well, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit subscribe, please hit like, please comment. Like me say, yeah, and if you're listening on the podcast, uh, give us a rating, give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you listen, it, it all helps. Um, I'm going to deviate again a little bit from the usual format, Dave, because one, I think. Picking up Everton player at the weekend might have been tough after Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and I think as well, like I listened to the post-match, walking the dog yesterday, and I think um, you guys did such a great job of summing it all up. And, you know, um, I think from my point of view, just one of them which thought we were just, just crap. And, like, that's kind of it. Like, you know, it, it, I'm sure anyone looking for some kind of cutting-edge analysis wouldn't really appreciate that. But I just mm. thought it was one of those days where we were knackered and we were crap. And that's kind of kind of it. Um so before we try and to be a bit more positive, and this is where we might take a bit of an, an upturn in, in mood, um, look ahead to 2024 and sort of talk about, not about our hopes and dreams and expectations for Everton, but, <laughs> but uh, how how do we go about making this a, a good year, really, and what, what, what our, our concerns are looking ahead? I mean, I suppose there are, you can split it into two different ways, can't you? I mean, there's the on-pitch stuff and, and the off-pitch stuff. Um. 
and the off-pitch stuff in itself is kind of separated into two parts as well because we've got all the takeover stuff rumbling on and we've got the stuff around Goodison Park as well. We're going into our last full calendar year playing at Goodison Park as well. But yeah. I mean, in, in regards to, to to that, we'll start with the, the off-pitch stuff first. Um, I think I think for me, that's where my, my biggest concern is, to be honest. Um, I know, as I said, we were safe a few weeks ago, which is... Not looking like a great shot now, one point above the uh, the relegation zone. But I still, I still think we'll be absolutely fine. I still think we'll we'll, we'll eventually mm. be comfortable. Um, but I think my biggest concern is looking ahead to twenty twenty four around the the stuff with the ownership and the potential suitability of our new owners, um, the stability they may or may not provide as it goes. Yeah. And you know, if anyone's not listened to to the interview did with Tariq from. Um, a couple of months ago, looking at seven seven seven, I'd recommend that you go back and give that a listen because that was really interesting and a lot of fascinating stuff on that. But I think in terms of and just getting this out the way, probably <laughs> talk about some more positive stuff on the pitch. But I think that's where my biggest concern is: it's the it's what comes next. It's it's whether getting fire machinery out the door would necessarily be. I mean, that that is the right thing to do. Don't get me wrong, but it's whether the people coming in will potentially be more suitable. And a better fit for this football club because I had major, major doubts about that. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good way of putting it about about twenty twenty four. I think <clears throat> the, the on pitch stuff, I I don't, and this is a tempting faith. I don't worry about it as much as what's going on off the pitch because the stadium really excites us all. I think if you are really disappointed about the football club and that we've lost matches and. Like, for instance, yesterday, it's sort of the first thing I turned to a lot. I'm thinking, well, you know, if you're if you're coming home from an away game and you've lost it or you're walking away from Goodison and you've lost it, you think there's no way things can't be different going away to the new stadium because it, it there's no way we take what we've got into a new stadium and it stays exactly the same. I just think it's impossible for that to happen. And it has to be in, in, in a positive way. It can't be... I don't think it'll be in, in, in a poor in a poor sort of way. It's not going to be one of them type of things. Like, I remember when Arsenal first went to the Emirates. I think it took them four or five games to actually win one. Um, I, don't, I don't envision that being the case with us. Um, having said that, there's, there's a lot of other circumstances we need to sort out, certainly on the pitch and, and what we do in the summer and whatnot. Um, and, and I think that I think I'm a lot more confident about 24 than I was about 23. Um, you know, I, what we said and what we sort of joked about when I was saying, you know, we, we need to sort this out in terms of being safe. Um, I still I still don't think we're going to go down. I don't think we're going to be in a challenge at which we needed to overcome in the last couple of seasons. I think I think we'll be safe by 34, 35 games. People will say, oh, I've got Dave, you're having a laugh there, aren't you, with the, with the sides below us. The sides below us, apart from probably Sheffield United, uh, and Burnley in terms of points, Luton are a side that, that are really, really concerning for me. I think I've seen them home and away and they've got something, you know, they've got they've got a bit of fire in the belly about this. Um, hate to say it, <laughs> Ross Barkley actually looks like an outstanding midfield player. The one that we all hoped was going to be that case back in, what, eight, nine years ago now. Um, so, that you know, there's, there's things that need sorting out. Regarding 777 and other things, Excuse me. I think that it it it's a it's a concern. And like you said about that interview I did with uh, with Tarek the other a couple of months ago, 
the the real concern is about Mashiri leaving. Could you could you put our faith in his hands? And I'm not talking about transfers. I'm not talking about the new stadium because that the stadium obviously is gonna is gonna happen. It's done, nearly done. Would you trust him to be the person to pass us on to somebody else, somebody, a company, whatever, somebody to do that to anybody else? Um, that's the real concern for me, Matt. <clears throat> Not just 777, but it's quite clear that he wants out of Everton as quick as he possibly can. Um, you know, if you're trying to sell something in life, if you're going to a car boot sale with, I don't know, a, a game or something like that or something you want to sell in your house, furniture, whatever it is, it's hard to sell. But at the same time, you want rid, you don't care who comes and buys it as long as they give you the money that you want, the money that you need. And that's the that's the real concern for me. I don't think I don't think that man cares where Everton go. He just wants his financial side of things because clearly clearly it's going to be a loss on what he's entered into Everton. So it's just like if it was me, I mean, I'd I'd want to cut ties with Everton. And that that sounds really, I think, quite weird to most people listening to this. I want to cut ties with them if I was Machiri, given yes, the money I've lost. But also, um, it's just not for him. It's just not for him to be an owner of a football club when you continue to lose money. And I personally wouldn't wouldn't care. I know he has no he has no real association with Evan, and he's been with us for what it's coming up to eight years now. Yeah. Much as much as he's banged on the stuff about oh, this is the great club, the museum stuff he said at the start, all the stuff that we, I'm not going to say naively, but we were like really happy about this. Bill Kenwright brought him in, he's a billionaire. Everything we've said, everything Bill Kenwright said up to that point hadn't been addressed at all. We were all fuming, really angry the way Everton were. Relegation fights, we did well to get to European places with the Moyes. <clears throat> all, of, all of that stuff, you know, it, it's really sad that we take that back right now. It's basically as fans, the last, what, eight years of our lives as fans hmm. have been totally wasted. Now, I'm not saying that because it's been strictly down to him. Because when he's put he's put his funding in for, fan, for transfers and whatnot, the way we've spent it's been appalling. The way he's ultimately turned into somebody who actually thinks he can buy players and that he's got sense about it. Um, but we want him out. I want him out. I don't know anybody else who doesn't want him out. But I'm really worried we get to a point going back to the seven 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 thing. It it really I'm I'm fearing what comes next. I really am because the this guy he's he's he's, pro- he's proven that he's he's clueless in football. Um, he said some really really strange things, really really worrying things. Even if he was staying, and I was asked a question a few times about. <clears throat> What would you do if you've got seven, seven, seven there, and you've got Farhad Mashiri there? And again, going to that piece that I did, which would you? I mean, it's it's a hard choice, isn't it? You know, it's um, it's a difficult one to make. Which one of those two? Which one of those two things you can choose? Which would it be? The fact that I'm sitting there thinking I'd rather still have Farhad Mashiri than seven, seven, seven coming in shows you the real scary thing we've got coming up here because that effectively will be a decision. Not for yeah. us, obviously, for him and everybody else at the club. So it, it's going to be... A, it, I mean, it's, it, we, we can't predict it now, given let, let's hope somebody else comes in. We had that MSP stuff. I wonder in the business in the business world how, how Everton look 
how there'll be other people, other businesses, other you know millionaires, billionaires looking at us and thinking we're the club that is is a good takeover financially. Is it going to be something that that they can make money from? Which is exactly what this seven 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 are doing. So it concerns me whoever comes in that the priority is actually Everton doing well rather than making money from us. So that's the main the main sort of thing I'm worried about going into twenty four. Yeah, and yeah, it, and it just sort of bleeds into everything, doesn't it? That um, you know, it, it, it's one of them. Like I'm sure there'll be people listening to this who are sort of saying, you know, you know, we've got to give these. People a chance, you know. We've had terrible ownership for for fire machinery for a long time. People would argue about going back to Bill Kenwright and his stewardship of the football club that's been terrible for for a long, long time now. And maybe the people saying, you know, give the give these people a chance. But like part of me just looks at. I mean, maybe this is just because because the industry we're in, Dave. And you look at the people who've done reporting around Triple Seven, you know, like Tariq, like Philippe Claire, like Paul Brown. Um, large journalists in America as well. You know these these are serious people who who take time and care because yeah. they're reaching yeah. over the work. And I, I don't think they'd be going that ones to go into it all too much and all the things that they've been accused of. Um, I don't think they they'd be going two footed on on this group unless there was you know due cause to do it. And if they had yeah. reason to do yeah. it. Um, but listen, it might not even happen yet, which is mad in itself. Um, still haven't had. Which, I mean, it, well, that, that's the question I've got for you and everybody else that's listening. What would you choose right now? Would you want seven seven to come in, or would you want to keep uh, Farah Mashiri? If that's your choice, what would you do? Well, if, I mean, Farah Mashiri's managed Everton's decline for a while now, hasn't he? But it's it's whether these are do it quicker. Mm. Like that's like that, that, that like like that's where my expectations are for them. <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't know loads about. I've only I've only read the articles that everybody else has read, and you know you'd have to do some proper deep dive stuff into into them to find out really. Um, and I form a bigger picture, which is obviously something we'll try and do if this gets ratified. But you know, the people there've been people having conversations, Dave, about, about would you rather go into administration than these and like that that you know that's not. The fact that even people have had this chat is like that in itself is like doesn't say much, does it, about about them? But um, just but just, like I said, despite the fact that they've been putting out um communication through club channels and they've been at Goodison Park and they've they've lent money to Everton, it's still not been ratified by the Premier League completely. Um, so who, who knows where that ends up? But uh, in terms of on pitch stuff, Dave, um. Even worse. Like, no, it's not worse. It's not worse than, than that. Um, I, I guess I sort of look at the squad, and there is there is good good sections there, and, and good pillars there we can build on. You know, I think Bramford's obviously the our main asset now, isn't he? He's the biggest asset we've got. Um, you know, the midfield you've got Garner and Anana in there, two mm-hmm. young midfielders mm-hmm. who have obviously got the flaws, but you know, yeah, can kick on. McNeil is a young player as well. Um, like there are, you know, Mikalenko obviously as well has done really well. Hasn't he? There, are, there are good building blocks there, I think, for for the um, for the future. Um, and I think Dice has helped improve a lot of them. Um, certainly, Mikalenko's benefited a lot, hasn't he? I think Branthwaite's obviously benefited a lot from his management as well. Um, it's just filling in those gaps, isn't it? I think for, for the rest of it elsewhere and. Um, you know, I've seen before we logged on there, seen Fabrizio Romano reporting that apparently Leon are looking at Dan Juma as an option in January. So, we, you know, who knows if, if we end up mm. as well. We'll have to see. You know, I'm sure there'll be other podcasts we can do this week on debating whether he'll be a big loss or whether we should get rid of him or keep him or, or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. Um, 
there is there is really good bits, I think, and really strong bits of, of this squad, but it's just getting in players that the manager trusts to fill in the gaps and getting in players in general, given our financial situations. But but I am positive about certain aspects of the, the squad, and I think we've got a really good young core there looking into 2024. Yeah, I'd agree with that based on the fact that, you know, he's, he's changed things that were generally like, very negative uh, about the club. You know, I, I'm, if you go back a year now, there are many players that I'd look at there that we that he starts now. I think they're not good enough. They're not good enough to keep us in the Premier League. They're not good enough for a group of players who you'd uh, trust on on keeping Everton and improving them. He's in a in a mental in a mentality sort of sense, um, and we've done a lot of talking about this recently, particularly after the four victories in a row. He's the person you want to come in and save this uh, and change this. Be the right person who gets these players into the right shape. We've seen that against Chelsea. We've seen that against Newcastle. Seen it away, what, Brentford, uh, Forest as well. The style of play we've got isn't, isn't if you were to choose, it wouldn't be one you want to see. It wouldn't be the one that you played on FIFA or something like that. <clears throat> but it's effective. That's the most important thing. Um, I go back to that quick. I don't know if I've done it on this show. Guy who was sat next to in the, in the main stand, uh, that one old draw against Brighton says to me, I'm not coming back to watch this. And I said, why? He said, because Everton, Everton should be playing like this. I'm not paying my money to come and watch this. And I had a bit of an argument with him and said, just look at that, that scoreboard there. We, we drew one all. We should have won 1-0. That is all that matters right now, uh, sadly. You know, we can't... We, I, I'm not sitting there thinking Everton needs to pass it 25 times before we score a goal. It's happened at the far post for Calvert-Lewin. Doesn't bother me. I don't care how we go and win. Um and and the, the the ironic thing about that is when we have won those games when we have got those results we have actually played well and good football to watch, um. So you know that th- that's a concern for me and I, I don't want to go back to what we've already talked about. But the, what you've said there about the squad we've got, the players we've got, the assets we've got, it you can't help but think that that got all goes into the cauldron for what we've just spoken about. Really, in in summer, I mean, we've we've had a bit of bit of a laugh about this tongue-in-cheek stuff about uh, Branthwaite. We certainly did on the um, the post-match the other day. Now, <clears throat> Everton would sell him as quick. You know, if, if Man City come in, even someone like Real Madrid came in for him and said, we'll give you 80 to 100 million quid, Ever- Everton wouldn't do any, any difference. Ever- Everton would sell him immediately. Immediately. And that's the big concern I've got because that, that puts... Dice and everybody else on a, on a really, a really difficult mountain to climb. If you're building something, which I do believe he is, I believe he's the right manager. Um, everything else, I think I, I trust him to take us forward. But how difficult is it, is it going to be for him to do that with no money to spend? Which is what we are now. I don't think we're going to get anybody even alone in in this month, and then. You're going to sell your assets, as most clubs do, but it's a catastrophe for us if we have to. And I'm talking about Branthwaite. I'm talking about even even Pickford. Um, other players, Michalenko, be quite a high-value price now on his left-back. Onana as well. I mean, you strip the club with the three players like that, for instance. Where'd you start? Where, what, what, what can you go and do? Turn, turn to the academy? Which the academy has been hasn't been up to par for quite some time. 
you know, and and for us to get someone like Dobbin and whatnot, he's a real he's a real sort of coup and 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 I bet the academy are trying to prove that they're actually doing that and getting players like that who are good enough. That to me, I trust Dice. I think Dice is the right man, but the battle he's going to have if all of this comes comes to pass is is a massive concern for me. Um, what's he going to do in the summer? I mean, how much he's allowed? These these are big big questions we're we're talking about this last year. Um, normally, the sorts of things we'd be talking about when you've confirmed that you're safe and you're going into the summer, uh, you're going into when the window opens and you're looking ahead to August. I'm really fearful of that. I have to be honest, Matt. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about you, but you know, let, let's put in the scenario that you have to sell Brandtweet, you have to sell Onana. Say those two go. Where, where are we at? What do we do? With well, yeah, that, that money, that most of that, most of that's got to go to the bank. Um, I don't think you sell both of them in January. But I think, like, I think, but I think what is interesting is, there a is like not to ask the question I'm asking. Is there a, is there a choice? <laughs> Say you know people bang on about how much we get for Onana. That's look, we're talking about figures that are up in the air. We're not talking about figures that you know you're talking ballpark stuff here with with Brand uh, with. Uh, yeah, with Branthwaite and with Onana in those situations, Everton could not avoid, could not reject fees for them. No, but I think Branthwaite's different to Onana. Like, you know, again, it's probably a conversation, but with Onana, I don't, I don't get this enjoying while we can idea that a lot of people have of him. Like, I, I don't think he's destined to go to. <clears throat> So there's, there's that. But I think, like, I suppose in January you could say um, if you sold one of them players and didn't um, replace them, then you could mm-hmm. potentially get relegated in the summer and then you'd lose even more money, if that makes sense. So it's like, but what, we couldn't what, replace them, Matt. That, that, that's the, that, that's the well, that, 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 exactly. So say, say we sold Brantwaite for like, I don't know, 60 million or something in, in January um, and couldn't replace him and we played Michael Keane to the end of the season and went down, then we'd lose. More than sixty million, wouldn't we? Overall, so it's like it's like it's like weighing up the 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 cost of it, really. But but I think what is inter- interesting about that is like I think obviously people have known for a while that our financial situation is is bad, but it's the first time I think it's probably been. Well, obviously we got the points deduction, which shows that it's very bad, and we've also got the the situation with that document that came out with the points deduction, which kind of mm. explained and showed to the world <laughs> that you know we are up against it massively. Mm. And I, don't, I don't know. Listen, clubs will be aware of, of those sorts of things, but like to, for it to be so brutally exposed, like will that mean the teams are going to try and pounce this month and, and think and think you know they've got a couple of good assets there? Let's try and get them now while they're, they're clearly in a bad situation. I, mm. I, I don't know, um, but I, I, I did like the Kevin Fowler came out and did that interview with the, with the club. I think that was a, a lot of good messages in there, and I think just to kind of say that we're not going to sign mm. anyone, we're not really saying it. I think it means that there might not be some hysteria at the end of the window. <laughs> we still not still not brought anyone in, um, and I think that. I think you're thing... very naive. Sorry, Matt. I, th- I think people are very naive if they think that you know you're going to go to the end of the month and start flipping it at the club that we haven't brought anybody in. I think you've. You, you, I have no idea why you think that, given where we are and what he said there. Um, but you know, the other thing I wanted to before there with Brantley, and we're going to move on from that. He won't be an Everton player post the Euros, in my opinion, because he's going to go. 
through the Euros, I think he'll probably play. Do you go? I think he's got a chance, but I don't think he'll definitely go. You don't think he'll def- I think he'll definitely go. The amount of game time he gets it'll be, is a different it'll question. It'll be Maguire, Stones, Gehi, probably Colwell as a centre-half, I'd say. Although I think, Do you not I think... think probably as good as Colwell. Well, probably better now. He's had, he's had a much better season, hasn't he? Mm. Um I don't know, Southgate loves Maguire, doesn't he? <laughs> so I, like, I feel like that And Maguire's had a good season, to be fair, but it feels like that'll be <clears> the two that start. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the fact that he goes that's that's a, that's a huge factor in in him in his future, really. Mm. He's only got to be selected. The reputation of what people get when they play for England is high. The stock is probably as high as it ever, ever has been, given the I'm no fan of him whatsoever in Southgate, but the way England have been at tournaments is generally been much better than they ever have been and you know when he got to the final in the last one and um <clears throat> pretty poor at the World Cup but playing for England is still is still at the top of, of, of the list of, of many people who look at transfers and everybody else is going to see him. There'll still be a lot of fans of other clubs who have not seen him. They think Everton fans banging on about how good this lad is. They'll just dismiss it out of hand because it's mm-hmm. us and we're a poor side. A poor side. We're in a bad position at the moment. You're if if you're a fan of a, another club, think for instance Burnley. You you talked about um, Berger at City, didn't you? Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Burnley. Uh, Sander Berger at City. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I thought he was good. Right. Yeah. Burnley, but you know how many people are going to know that he's decent unless you watch him after the day for ten minutes that you see Burnley on there. That's why England's the stock of playing for England or even being associated with getting getting called up. Even the under-21s, which he's done well for already, you get into that position. I think that that's why, that, that's why I'm so scared about him moving on, Matt. Um, and, and if he doesn't, think what you said about Thelwell. That makes any of these assets that we've got, which we normally think, if we sell them, that's fine. Richarlison, who have we spent that money on? Um, Gordon, who have we spent that money on? Virtually nobody. Um, what Michalenko and uh, who else we spent on? You know, you, you look, you look at that time since those players have left, not able to spend it. Things haven't changed off the pitch in regards to that. So <clears throat> that that's what makes me fear dice. You can't you can't keep just going to the going to the well and thinking, look, he's good. Academy stuff and all that. And look, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like twenty four is going to be an absolute nightmare, because the one thing we've been decent at is finding a way. Is finding a way to keep secure here, but you can't keep doing it. You can't keep doing it because something will catch up. Deduction. What happens with the appeal? Um, we've handled that really well, really, really well. Position within for us to be after the the bottom three after getting that deduction. Is a real achievement, hmm. and people people would say no, it's not because of the bottom. I'm sick of hearing you should be fine because the other three sides that came up are all crap. I'm not buying into that. When when I've seen Luton at home, did they give anybody a big challenge? You know, um, every team that I've seen go there. You know, you had Chelsea the other day, three two win. The, the the one of those sides that you don't want to go and play there. It's like Burnley used to be. You don't want to go to Burnley and play. Stay to the place and things. I don't want to get too far into that and criticise them, but look at the conditions they're in, the way they play football. You, you've got to go there with a real battle, and I mean a real battle, physical battle, 
a lot of sides aren't that good to go and do to go and do that and to play like that. Um, so yes, this was a you know, long way round of, of answering what you're saying there about farewell and things that that need to happen. Let's face it, Matt, where we haven't got many options. There's not much. There's not much able. We're not able to move as much as most teams. We're we're, we're in we're in a condition where everything around us is the best we can cope with is all we've got. Um, we can't go and buy more. Mm. Can't get more in. They like to go back to what I said. If if he leaves, what do you go back to? Keen and Tarkovsky as the centre backs. Not too sure. They, well, certainly Tarkovsky's been brilliant since we got him. Oh. I don't want to go too far on Keane as we always tend to do. But, you know, if Evan go into a game with that back four, I don't certainly have much more anymore. Well, I don't have I don't have as much of a confidence that I have with Brantwaite in there. Nowhere near. I think the, the thing that's maybe a bit, you know, vulgar to go too heavy on this is like, I suppose the last three years or so, we have been quite prudent financially, haven't we? Which means that in this current window, we might not be under so much pressure to sell players just to satisfy the banks and stuff like that. You know, look look, yeah. look at the summer and, and how, how little we we ultimately spend there. And, you know, you think about the way in which the better deal structured. You know, the, the club have yeah. been more prudent mm. recently in the way in which they've done things. We've got players who are going to be leaving the club in the summer on, on big contracts. Um, so I think, I think from that point of view, it's like, you know, listen, there's we'll, we'll still have interest from... You know, our, our biggest assets will still have interest from from clubs who've got more money and are higher up the league than us. Don't get me wrong, but it's I, I don't know if it'll be a situation like hopefully it won't be a situation anyway, like like Dordan in last January where like it felt like they had to sell him regardless, or the Richard or someone where they had to sell him by a certain day to satisfy the banks. Like I'm I'm hopeful, but I don't, I don't know this that the club have done enough practical financial work and made enough smart decisions in the transfer market and been able to balance the books accordingly that if someone did come in with 80 million for Brownfleet in January, you know, let, let's be honest, if someone came in with that money, the lads had, the lad looks at the business, but he's had four good months in the Premier League. Like, you, oh, you'd, no. You'd, you'd, you'd have to, if someone came in with 80 million pounds this month, you'd, and like, and we could, we could replace him. And we had, we had money there to, to go and replace Like, that, that, that is a lot. And like, I don't want to get into that too much now because like, it's, you know, it's not even happened yet. And we haven't even seen yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I feel like I feel like we're in a situation yeah. where now, like, hopefully, if that money did come in, there might be a chance where we can invest some of it into the squad because we've made better decisions in the last couple of years. But just to sort of finish off, Dave, um, what what's given you in terms of the play inside of it? What's given your optimism for 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 the new year <clears throat> in regards to to the squad? Obviously, we've spoken a lot about Bramway, who, who does look the business. Um, I think Patterson's done okay the last last few games we've been in. Although I kind of get the sense that. Coleman will be back on the side again soon, which is mad. Um, and also, Maui might be going into his last season as an Everton mm. player, of course, as well. Um, what what parts of the team are you, you feeling good about going into the new year? Just just starting there on Patterson. <laughs> I, I I don't think Dice should have him come around with his with a newspaper to drop through his door. Uh, I I just don't see him being trusted whatsoever by Sean Dice. As soon as Coleman's fifth, fifth enough for a ninety, you're not going to see Patterson in the team. Uh, much at all, maybe a sub, whatever. Um, but for some reason, he doesn't seem to trust him at right back. He'd rather have Ashley Young ahead of him, for instance. We've seen that already. Um, but yeah, going, going back to the more positive question, 
Decore, I think, has been head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I think we probably underplayed him really all year. Like he, he was he was genuinely one of the best attacking midfielders in the league last season. If you look at like his goal output, he's scoring like on average once every three goals. And like you can see, can't you now watching us without him? Like how how <laughs> good he is at playing in that position. Well, how much have we spoken about not having a ten near Calvert Lewin? If he's keeping this system where he just plays one striker, which is which is correct, I think we couldn't play you know him and Beto, Calvert Lewin and Beto up front. That that place probably the most important role that we've got is somebody who who sticks up there. There's no more than you know twenty thirty yards within uh, Calvert Lewin or Beto who starts. That's where most of our goals come from. Is him. Um, and McNeil on one side and, and Harrison who started to show a bit of promise in the other side I think in, in recent weeks I think that's fair enough to say but we've missed the Corey a lot uh, I was having an argument uh, typical having an argument on Twitter me isn't it but a guy who just adores him he said he loves him and thinks he's going a bit far there but he said that he's one of the best players we've had for years this is a guy that we nearly got rid of and this he's only signed a one year extensive contract I'm old he now 30 He's thirty-one, isn't he? Yeah. So he's, he's, he's signed up for he signed up for this year and next year, isn't he? Oh, so yeah, eighteen yeah. month, eighteen month deal. Um, I, I, I go as far as saying that's probably the best bit of business we've done in in some time is keeping him on. And I certainly at the start of the season was thinking, why have we done this? Because he was such an inconsistent player. I still think there's a there's a level of inconsistency, but the the good things he, he does for us is it's, it's essential for us now. Um. You know, you, you, you look at how he operates. I mean, we, we've spoken before, Matt, based in, in, privately between ourselves here, where it's been like sometimes he looks like he'll kick the ball out of play and, and won't look like a professional footballer. But high percentage of his time put on the football pitch is essential to how we score goals. Um, so he's, he's the real positive thing we've got. He's somebody that would be one of the first names in the team sheet in regards to thinking we need to score goals. Um other side in, in, in the midfield sort of role. This might sound like a strange one, but Adrissa Garner Gay, I think, has gone under the radar at times. Um, I think he's been essential in being, you know, a defensive midfielder for us. Excuse me, I think when he's not um, available, which he isn't now, you'll see a real cost um, for us in that role. I think it's essential. Um, I think Dice will look at it now, having played a back five. You need somebody who's going to play just in front of that. Uh, Do we know how long he's out for? Have they given any indication? They just said it's like a bad injury, didn't they? But I don't, I, yeah. I don't know if that means like months or like a, another couple of weeks or what. Exactly. That, that, that's the thing that's um, it's a bit ambiguous, isn't it? That sort of thing. I think, this, I think the club has a big fan. I'm not telling people how long they're out for, you know. It's almost like a, you know, a game of cards where you don't want to show your hand to anybody. Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel he's really important too, as I think that midfield... That Dice has got a juggling act, let's face it, in front of him. What he does with that midfield. James Garner, um, again, has been top of our list of talking about him and our disagreements over Matt, but I, I thought he was woeful against against Wolves. He's inconsistent, um, which, you know, that that that's really down the ladder that we need at this moment in time. We need we need players to go in there and just yeah. do a job. Do you know but what I mean? Mid, I feel like the midfield's like fine. It's like if we didn't have the injuries there, like you, you know. Those the four that you mentioned, the core, Garner, Anana, and Garner. And then you've got yeah. Gomez sort of in there as like a wild card. Like those <laughs> those five feel like all right as like just central midfielders, but like it's that it's that decore, 
Fellaini KO position, isn't it? That's always seems to have been so important to us down here. Like having that player who can just be who is like a midfielder who basically plays up front, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Like yeah. we have we haven't got anyone that could do that. Like you know, so so, so United fans slagging um McTominay off the other day and thought if we had a bit of money, like he'd he'd be an ideal decor replacement in that position. Because that's where he plays for, for Scotland, isn't it? Getting forward, yeah. getting on the end of things, and he does a very similar job. Similar profile in terms of physical stature and thought, you know what? If, if we could get someone like him, he would he'd be absolutely perfect for, for the way we play in Daesh. But alas, um, unless we sell Brad, we're not going to. But yeah, yeah. but I think you're right about the midfield. Like James Garner and, and Anon have both shown glimpses, haven't they, of like being a really good partnership and being really good individuals. But maybe this is just because the young players playing in a, a team that's not quite set settled yet or not quite doing well yet. Like, I want I want to see James Garner playing like he played against Forest a few weeks ago, like four out of five games. Like that 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 feels yeah. like he like yeah. really needs to, to get to, but he's he's not not quite doing that yet. And Anna, I, I mean, I I, 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 accept, I I just don't know. I just, I just don't I don't get this idea that he's like a Lukaku or or a Stones destined for yeah. for the stars, and we should enjoy him while he while we can. Um, I've not really seen that yet, but um, but I think I think like in terms of Looking ahead, I think we need another wide player, don't we? Really, probably need another another fullback who can sort of play both sides. Um, but it just feels like we're just going to have to muddle through, doesn't it? Until until the end of the season, and and just he's going to have to put some trust in players that maybe he doesn't have trust in, um, mm. or, or just flog them maybe to Leon in the case yeah. of Zuma. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, try and get a swap deal or something like that. But there, there's two there. I mean, the the well, one's come out of nowhere in Gomez. The other one, who looks like a real talent, is, is Dobbin. I think you have to turn and look at that. Um, and I think he, he's come up with a commentary, hasn't he? Dyson substitutions either come too late or aren't the right ones that he makes, in, in has, our opinion. Has Dobbin played a minute since he scored? Dobbin, no, I don't think he has. Oh, no, I, I think he came on late on. Uh, oh, sorry, he came on Burnley, didn't he, in the second that's half? That's it, yeah, 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 he came on Burnley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, question for you: what, what what do you think of Gomez here? Because when when I seen him come in, and look, people go too far about this. People will start, going, oh look, he looks amazing again. His hair's fine. Uh, he's come yeah. on the football pitch, and he looks a touch of what we first got in that first season, where he looked like a world class midfielder. He's come from Barcelona. He's come on, and he was really, really good at Spurs. He was really good. He was he was probably the the most important person that looked looked as like getting a, a result. I think, he was, he I think he was our best player again when he came on on Saturday as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think there's um, there's still more to come from him in terms of he's not 100% fit, let's be honest, how long he's spent out. Um, you know, and, and it's really interesting that the Dice does trust him because we're talking about a manager there who sets the bar quite high for you to get a game, um, regardless of how poor we're doing. You know, you, you don't see players come on and get a game. You don't see Dobbin getting a game every week. But there are slight options there. I'd even throw, <laughs> I'd throw Beto in. I know I laugh and say I shouldn't, but I'd throw Beto in there. I think given what's happening with, with Calvert-Lewin again, it's not a fitness thing this time. It's a confidence thing. We, we've spoken a lot about that on post-match. I think Beto needs to get a run of games starting there. Not only to, to get a run of games and form and some goals, but also Calvert-Lewin needs to rest. Hmm. You put it on Twitter, it really made me smile. Um and we, we mentioned this, what you said in terms of I'd take the I'd take the under twelve yeah. to Crystal Palace and as as, uh, as amusing that is, I think it's right. I think you, you don't you don't even sit there 
the FA Cup now. Um, and, you know, when when I mentioned what I did about Fulham, the importance of that was to get semi-final in the Cup. You, know, you put that at the top of your list. Most people put that at the top of the list. Right now, you've got to win seven, six or seven games to get to the final, is it? Yeah. Um, you, you you couldn't you couldn't throw that in the mix now and say let's go and do our best. I mean, fair play to every fan that goes down to Crystal Palace because it's a Thursday, ridiculous a Thursday night anyway. But you you can't. I don't think you can go into that thinking. You know what? This is this is anywhere near. Yeah. Something we really have to bother with. I, I don't think I don't think you'll make I don't think you'll make a full rotation. I, I think he's just got to um, he's just got to ask the players to be honest with him and say. Which one he is are exhausted? Like, could could you play? Do you honestly feel like you could play tonight and play in ten days? Yeah, because I think I think the you know the the ideal thing, the most important thing for me is that everybody is fully fit for that Villa game, and you want everybody like do you know do you know footy manager for when you see like the little fitness bars and like I feel like at the moment like all our lads are in like orange to red yeah. before the game's even started. Like, yeah, and you start um, them and they go off after 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, just... exactly. <laughs> you're just the man just telling you um, Dwight McNeil's exhausted and he needs bringing off after after 20 minutes. Like, But I, for Villa, I think the, the main thing is to get everybody's little fitness bar up to green and ready to go for that game. Um, that might mean that some of them don't play at all or don't even travel on Thursday. Some of them might feel like they can play on... On um on Thursday and and go again in ten days time because they'll have mm. they will have had enough time to recuperate but but we'll see but, but yeah well, just, just, just am, to... am I right in thinking Matt that we have that ten days game and the Villa and there's another two weeks yeah there is yeah the so, I mean that that is really quite handy for us I think I think that's come at the right time given how short that squad is that we've got um and you know is it an international break is it no it's just that weird. Break is oh, like like, half like the our winter break and, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Half the fixtures one weekend, half fixtures the, the next. But, um, but yeah, but I, I totally agree with Warren. Like on Thursday night, I'll be screaming at the tally for us to, to win, um, and wanting us to get through. So um, we'll 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 see about that. But um, we'll have, we'll have to we'll have to leave it there, mate. Um, see, we sort of taught ourselves around this positivity by the end of it. Um, Got to be on the, as well. I think that's Got to be on the front foot to start the new year, haven't you? Um, yeah. So we will leave it there. Uh, loads more coming from us this week. Uh, also, listen to Dave's old new borrowed blue. If you haven't already, I'm honestly, not listen to. It. I'm going to listen to it when I walk the dog after this. So I, I, make, I can guess a few of your, your favorite plays and stuff, though. Um, I think I think me and you. Well, we certainly interviewed one of them. I don't think I think that's pretty obvious. You're yeah. going to pick for that. You've um, got to do yours this week as well, haven't you, Matt? Doing it tomorrow. Doing it tomorrow with Les. Uh, yeah. And we're getting loads more people on to do that as well. So they'll be able yeah, to. So that, that's out on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paddy's is great as well. Um, give that a listen too. Uh, of course, we've got Subs Weekly tomorrow. And that's going to be yeah. Adam Sutton and Mick Greenall joining me on that. Um, we'll also try and get Dan from HLTCO to talk Palace ahead of the game of the weekend. And yeah, it's full steam ahead in the FA Cup. But cheers for listening or watching as ever. Uh, Give us a rating, give us a review. If you're listening on your podcast platforms, uh, like, subscribe, comment. If you're on YouTube, we're going to try and get bigger and better in 2024. Well, up the toffees. Happy New Year, and we'll speak to you again very soon here on the blue.
Sports Social Podcast Network.